Welcome back to another episode of Bird Bros. I'm Ron Brown. Thank you for listening to us. Definitely subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave a comment. Check us out on Twitter. Send us an email, birdbrus at gmail.com. You know the you know the script by now if you've been listening to us. Uh tonight I have A D and Trent. What up, what up? Podcast with me. How y'all fellas doing tonight after another dub? I'm good, man. I'm I'm good. <laughs> I'm just here to get the frustration out. All right, well, hey, you know, we're here to talk to each other and to, to talk about the Falcons. I mean, another win, ugly, but a dub is a dub. We're 6-1, six, 6-1. Six you know, there weren't too many bright spots. We didn't look too good in the first half. The pass rush was inconsistent. Monte Freeman was bright as usual. Matt Ryan... What what was going on? I mean, it's just a lot of question marks. Even though we're six and one, it's looking a lot like 2012 to me, where we played bad but we still get wins. So Trent, go ahead and start it off. What did you like and what didn't you like? Man, I guess the most frustrating uh, part of this um, part for me was that we had basically like ten days off. So it's like, come on. I mean, I was expecting these guys to come out with fire and steam and this actually show what um, like what show what we've been doing in um, earlier this season. I guess a bright spot for me was um, was seeing Julio back on track. He I think he had nine receptions for right under a hundred yards. So it was it was good to see that um, he's back on track. I, I think for the most part he's um, the hamstring is not really affecting him, affecting him as much as it has in the past uh, a couple of weeks. Of course, the frustrating part was. Um, was Matt Ryan. I mean, I think these past in the past three games, he's had four interceptions and like two fumbles. And these have been against like back uh, on Sunday, the Titans were you still were you still um looked pitiful against them. And of course with the Redskins it was the same story. They were missing their their backup um or they were missing their starting corners also. So I guess that's the um, right now. That's the frustrating thing about this um, about this team is our offense is exactly, exactly supposed to be our strongest asset. Right now, it's it's very weak. Our um, defense has really won these won a lot of the games this season for us. Yeah, which is kind of crazy because the defense hasn't been that good, but the defense has come up big when we needed it, and of course that happened in the in the last drive where Robinson threes either. Rookie DB out of Auburn got the interception to seal the game. Now, A.D. Trent talked about those two picks by Matt Ryan. You know, Julio got back on track. What did you see from the squad this week that maybe we can possibly build on? And, of course, a lot, there's a lot to improve on. So what can we build on? And I guess that's just basically the question. What can we improve on going into uh, next weekend? consecutive weeks well I mean the one thing we do know about this team is that number 24 is a baller I mean that that's pretty much we know that so we got to just keep feeding them the ball I was surprised um, I know we were more or less watching the game together you know keeping up with each other on social media and how many times did we all sit there and scream run the football and it just felt like it took them too long to get there you know um, it seems like Shanahan comes out early on and he wants to tinker around a little bit and I think we all get that part of it, but it seemed like it just took too long to do what we know works, and that's running the football. Um, so we know number 24 is, is good for us there. 
Um, I was encouraged that the defense, um, clearly Quinn saw that just rushing the front four wasn't necessarily working uh, most of the first half. They switched it up in the second half, started bringing some pressure, and definitely started affecting the Mettenberger back there. So um, on one hand, you know, it was good to see that Quinn realized, you know, my way is not necessarily working. I need to do something to shake it up. On the other hand, it looks like on the offensive side of the ball, we hadn't quite figured that out the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it was kind of it was kind of ugly with the offensive play calling. I know Trent in particular, and I believe Cadis as well pointed out in previous weeks. Like Kyle Shanahan's play calling has been kind of inconsistent. And I mean, my uncle always said when we were growing up, he was like, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That was one of his phrases. Like if if you're throwing it down to the big man, in a basketball analogy, you throwing it to your big man, keep giving it to him. He's getting buckets. And in this case, we got Devontae Freeman, the leading rusher in the league, and nobody can stop him. Give him the football. And so, you know, he had 116 yards rushing. So we, we kind of started giving him the ball. But yeah, the play calling was definitely, definitely. The play calling, like recent weeks, the um, Kyle Shanahan's play calling was a frustration point for me. But this week it wasn't so much just because he started giving um, Devontae Freeman the ball more. I think he finished with over 20 carries. However, in those big situational moments, he didn't give um, Devontae Freeman the ball. I remember the one point, of course, when we were on the one-yard line after they had um, reversed that Julio uh, touchdown. We were on the one-yard line, and instead of going to Devontae Freeman, he used to go to Patrick DeMarco, who definitely is not a – like, he's not known as a ball carrier. He's a he's your traditional blocking fullback. So, yeah, Trent talked about those, those frustrating play calls right there, AD. What do you think – we can do to kind of switch it up. I mean, can we keep pounding the ball, or should we incorporate maybe some shorter passes, shorter passes like we have in previous weeks to kind of jumpstart the offense? Because right now, you know, we saw a stat from Tom Gore of a football outsiders who said, you know, Matt Ryan hasn't thrown; he's only thrown the ball 25 yards more five times this season. So we're not getting vertical when we have one of the best vertical weapons in the league. Yeah, you know. The, Normally, the way I look at football, um, just as a fan, is that everything is kind of interconnected. And I think part of it is quite honestly defense. Um, you know, for right or for wrong, we do play a bend but don't break style. And, you know, the first half, our, you know, field position was pretty much trash. And I think if you look at every game we've played so far, Shanahan is going to be more conservative um, when he's, you know, from, you know, our goal line to about the 30 or 40-yard uh, line before he really starts to open up the play caller. Um, so I think this is a point where, you know, the defense needs to help us out a little bit more. And I think this is where we're clearly missing Devin Hester. Williams is a sure return guy as far as catching the ball. He's going to make the right decisions, but we are losing the field position battle. Um, and we got a little while before Hester comes back. So, I mean, are those things in the short term that are going to help? I don't know. Um, but long term, I think that's the solution. Um, as far as short term, uh, I love to see them mix it up a little bit more with uh, Tevin Coleman. I know that Freeman has the hot hand, but man, Coleman's just got that different dimension that can really mix it up on those guys. So I'd like to see them try and get him involved more as well. So yeah, you talked about you know maybe incorporating Hester. Well, Hester won't be back actually until week 13. Weems has, like you said, not been. I mean, I compared him to Franks. If Falcons fans remember a few years ago, he had some. Uh, he was our punt returner at a point in time, and they called him a fair catch Franks. Because he never would try to return the football. So, 
we're gonna have to hopefully maybe Justin Hardy will be activated. I, I read some people tweeting that as speculation, and possibly got to get Coleman back involved, even though you know he's been he hasn't really had too many chances. That'll definitely help us forward. Do you think uh, the special team our point that it really needs to be improved, uh, Trent? I mean, of course, Matt Bryant. I mean. That's one thing. Coming into the season, we felt like we wouldn't have to worry about Matt Bryant. That's he's been one consistency um, for us, even during our down years of, of course, those terrible years. He's always been that that consistent person. So right now, yes, it's Matt Bryant that we need to um, that he needs to get back on track. I would also um, throw out the option of maybe putting Nick Williams back there at um, at punt returner just to see what he can give you. I know he is one of those quick and like quick, speedy receivers, and I, I love the production he's um, given us so far. So maybe try him back there, and maybe just to light up a spark. But honestly, I don't. Outside of Matt Bryant, I don't think our punt returner and um, kick returner has been a deficiency for us. I mean, I feel like our offense has just been so bad that we've needed to rely on points from somewhere else. But if our offense gets on track, I don't see. Um, I don't see us really needing points. Um, I don't. I don't really see us needing those big plays from a returner like Eric Eric Weems or or, any, or Nick Williams. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of disagree. I think, you know, you have to get some. You have to get better field position and always taking a fair catch or playing it safe. Because I mean, Weems did have the twelve yard return, but I remember was watching that. He really kind of tiptoed, spun a little bit. I was like, yeah, dude, what do you? We got spoiled by Hester. And, I hope he'll be back next season, and hopefully, he has that that blast, that burst. He comes back week thirteen. So, you know, I, I just read some news here from Von McClure, and we re-signed Charles Godfrey as uh, William Moore is going to be injured. So, it's another factor going into next week. I don't know how much playing time uh, Godfrey will get. So, there's something there. You got anything else uh, for? Last week's game against Tennessee, AD? No, you know, it. You know, I think we were all frustrated sitting there watching it. Um, but like you said at the beginning of the show, a, a W was a W. It was on the road. But, um, you know, it, I hope we don't get into a situation where we limp into the bye week. Um, you know, we got Tampa Bay this week, and then we made the trip out to uh, San Francisco and then the bye after that. So, uh, you know, I'm not ready to push the panic button right now. But, um Two or three o'clock on Sunday, uh, I may have to get back to you. <laughs> yeah, don't push the panic button yet. Let's, you know, we got Tampa Bay coming up, so we can't say easy win, as I've said plenty of times. But you know, maybe this put some pressure on Jameis and bring that six-man rush like we did, and and kind of affect him as a young quarterback in this league. So we're gonna quickly go around the NFC. I know we don't have AD to AV tonight to actually give us the Saints and everything, but quickly around the NFC, of course, Falcons played Tennessee, and we won 10-7. New Orleans defeated Indianapolis 27-21, and it's definitely a panic time in, in Indianapolis with the Colts and Andrew Luck. Uh, then you got Tampa Bay losing a nail-biter 31-30 late in the game, and that brought us to Andrew Luck clip. Excuse me, not Andrew Luck, but the Kirk Cousins clip that uh, has been going around sports talk for the last couple of days. Panthers beat uh, Philadelphia 27-16 uh, in the Sunday night game. So going around the NFC South, the Panthers are still undefeated. 
pretty good squad that we have to see uh, later in the in the season. So now we're going to switch topics and head into uh, the preview of next week's game against Tampa Bay. Of course, Tampa Bay, like I said, is coming off of the loss to the Redskins. And, you know, Jameis Winston, number one pick, have some good good weapons. Mike Evans, Vincent Jackson, Doug Martin has had a resurgence. But, you know, with a rookie quarterback, you never know what's going to happen. So, AD, going into this game with the Bucks, what do you want to see these Falcons do? to get back on the right track, hopefully dominate, and uh, go into the bye strong. Uh, can we out-coach Lovey Smith this week? I mean, that's, you know, that if we can get that done, which shouldn't be too hard after the way they, you know, blew the game last week, um, I think that'll make it okay. Uh, you know, a specific game plan, um, it, you know, it's like everything, stop the run first, and then you can get to the quarterback. Um, Doug Martin is having a great year, so well, I should say a good year so far, like you mentioned, but um, you know, that was, you know, going back to last week just a little bit, you know, we got Zach Mettenberger back there who is not a proven commodity from an NFL standpoint at all. I mean, it didn't seem like we did a whole lot in the first half to, to really get to him. So I'd like to see us continue what we did in the second half as far as keeping things up, like you mentioned. Um, and let's just, you know, Jameis Winston is going to make mistakes. There's just no question about that. So let's take advantage of that while we got him on the schedule, especially at home. Yeah, you know, with Jameis, you got a rookie quarterback, he's going to make some mistakes. But you just got to take advantage of the games you're supposed to win. I made a comment, and it's just – it hurts to say it, but losing or just not taking care of business the way you think you should is not in this franchise's fabric. I don't care who's the head coach. It just always seems like, oh, that game you're supposed to win, we find a way to mess it up. So, man, I don't want to see that on Sunday. With a with an injured team and with some injuries and just inconsistency overall, and then with them coming into the dome, you know, it's definitely got to be a time to dominate. Yeah, well, and you know, and I'm guilty of it too as a fan. But you know, it's going to be a one o'clock start. Everybody's going to roll in there about one fifteen, one twenty. Uh, you know, it's going to be about seventy five percent of the crowd. Um, you know, and so I think the team tends to mirror. The energy that we give them so you know um for everybody who is listening I, I know i'll be at the game on sunday luckily um you know the crowd probably needs to play a part in getting in there and getting that thing going early because um you know we can't afford to just let another quarter go by where we're just kind of goofing around like they did last week we they need to jump out on these guys like we talked about uh with the redskins game which we didn't see we did do it against houston um but I think you're right, man. It's like, and I think that was part of the frustrating part about watching last week is that everything was not up for us to come in there and blow doors on the team, and we just couldn't do it. And I, I don't know what it is. Like you said, maybe it's in the fabric of this, of this, um, of the franchise. But man, it would be good to see that again at some point um, to jump on them like we did Houston. And then another thing I noticed is this Bucks team has a great, not a great, but they have some good pass rushers. You got Jacque Smith. Gerald McCoy, who both are close to five. Smith has five sacks. McCoy with four and a half. Another test for this offensive line, can they hold up? Because in the past past game, we've seen Matt Ryan get pressured pretty bad. And we also can attribute that, I guess, to some of his issues. He hasn't had time to throw the football. So I'm, we got to definitely see what the, what the O-line looks like. Yeah, they weren't spectacular last week by any means. Person being back in helped, even though he had a bad snap in there. Um, so, you know, it, clearly we can't afford any more injuries on that particular front. Um, not that you can really afford them anywhere um, in the NFL, but 
Um, yeah, the, the pocket wasn't clean last week, that's for certain. Um, so, yeah, you do have to worry about the likes of Gerald McCoy and those guys, especially getting pressure right up the middle. So, I mean, as we kind of end up, this has been a truncated edition, shortened edition of the <clears throat> of Bird Bros. Give me a couple – a score prediction and a couple just random stat predictions or key things that you want to see from the Falcons against Tampa Bay. You know, this early in the week, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to say that, you know, from a score prediction standpoint, um, I think it's going to be 24-13. Um, not terribly high score, and I think we do go out there and put up some points. Um, but I don't know that we're going to go out there and get it all clicking right away. Um, as far as what I like to see, um, I've been begging for this even um, even after he fumbled against New Orleans. But um, I like to see more Tevin Coleman. I know that sounds crazy to a lot of people who may be listening um, because of the way Freeman is playing. But um, again, that guy's just got a different dimension, and I think um, it can pay dividends. So I'm not saying let's take the ball out of Freeman's hands ten times, but you know I like to see Coleman with five or six touches a game. Um, at a minimum. And I think they tried to get him worked in there. Unfortunately, we had the interception on that screen pass um, that he probably um, would have did something with. But I think they got to get that guy involved, not just um, because of what he brings, but also knowing that we got, you know, you know, close to half a season left. And let's not put Devontae, you know, um, totally into the ground. He's not that big of a guy. Um, so we need to, you know, as much as we can split the carries uh, to keep everybody kind of safe and healthy. Yeah. It's kind of peculiar that we kind of went away from Coleman when, you know, that's the guy we drafted to to step in and start. And even despite Freeman's emergence, you still got to get a guy some carries. You got to definitely do that to keep every keep like you said, keep him fresh, have that other element because when he gets a good look, gets a uh, gets some space, man, that guy can really can really uh, move. Yeah, I mean that's chunks. I mean when he when he's going north and south. Uh, even on those um, delays and those inside runs and things of that nature, um, especially kind of out of that shotgun or that pistol set, I mean, he's picking those things up in chunks. So, um, again, I go back to the New Orleans games, even though he fumbled on that play, that was, you know, a quick 15 or 16-yard hitter, hitter that he, you know, that he broke off. So, um, yeah, I, I just want to see him get more involved. And, you know, I think, you know, so how much of that was the play calling last week? Some of it was there, but um, – you know, we, we need to see more of it. Yeah, yeah. I just want to make a correction. Earlier I said going into the bye week next week, but actually we have San Francisco uh, week nine, and then it'll be a uh, bye week. So correcting myself there. But from my perspective, a score prediction, I'm going to say 24-14. Uh, we picked Jameis off a couple times. And it always seems like we have come up with key interceptions when it's needed. Like last week, Threezy with the last play, to, to uh, kind of end the game in Washington. So that defense, Bimba don't break and kind of steps up when it has to. And I really like what I'm seeing from some of the younger DBs and the younger guys. We got to get Vic Beasley on point, maybe just speed rush instead of trying to spin and, and play with the, the offensive linemen. But that's something that really has to be improved. I know Brian Cox is on him. And then he had the boneheaded play where he was still on the field and caused the penalty. So, you know, some growing pains from Vic Beasley. We seem like we talk about him every week, but as a first round pick. Can we can we um can we get Vic some food? <laughs> I mean I I, I mean it, I know it it seemed like it was kind of a joke a couple weeks ago, but man, we gotta feed that guy, man. I don't know. Um I know it ain't on him, but man, we gotta well, you know, can we get him a, a food sponsor 
he may need to go back to those beef and cheddars. Um, I'm all for eating healthy, but he needs a little a little more weight on there because he's – I mean, clearly the first step is there. I think it's that, that next move, and that's going to take time. But, um, I mean, Lawan, I mean, Lawan got those hands on them last week, man, and it was – it was uh, the sun went out. Vic didn't see a lot of sun last week. So, um, yeah, it's becoming a trend. We just got to get him off that first move into that second move so he can get back there and do what we all know he's capable of doing. Yeah, definitely got to see that coming up. <clears throat> so, like I said, this has been a truncated edition, a little bit shorter. We're rolling too deep now after, uh, you know, we lost Trent due to some connection issues, but it's all good. It's another episode of Bird Bros. Thank you all for listening. Follow us on Twitter. We really want to hear your questions and interaction, interaction with you guys on Twitter. So any listeners, definitely check us out on Twitter. We also have a Facebook page. Just search Bird Bros. Um, I handle some of the social media aspects when it comes to that stuff, but we're all on Twitter <clears throat> during games to kind of offer our insight and analysis and keep on listening, checking us out. Thank you for listening to this episode and have a great day. Thank you. Like this. Yeah.